You're listening to Coach Every Day, a purposeful way to connect and create meaning for other humans in their context as we hurdle through the universe on our complex and uncertain planet. Coach Every Day is about creating clarity in the absence of certainty during our continuous effort to achieve truly mutualistic relationships in response to those who want us all to be a little less human. I'm Brad Eisen, and I coach every day. I, I, I think this will be a great time to remind everyone that this podcast and and the coaching that I'm discussing is about non-directive coaching. And, and the reason I want to just emphasize that is because I'm going to get into this topic of change management. And everyone's got their own bias, their own view of change management and and what model should be used. You know, there's there's so many different change management models out there and there's there's so many other types of leadership models that aren't necessarily for change management but they're somehow tied in with change management. And and I want to just lead this off by saying I don't have any particular you know skin in the game on which change management model works best i i'm not uh, i mean i've taken change management training uh, i i used what's called the cap or change acceleration process which was kind of this like general electric six sigma sort of lean six sigma hybrid change model for you know GE that they used in manufacturing but then they kind of twisted it and turned it into a model that would work in human-based environments where there were relationships and constraints between people and networks not not these sort of constraints that were developed for for a manufacturing warehouse based on you know widgets being turned out and, and so I, I want to again make it clear that non-directive coaching is very different than directive coaching because one of the aspects that I'm going to bring up in this episode has to do with this idea that PROCI, I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce PROCI, but they're fairly relatively popular change management model. And they they do some writing on you know creating successful coaching environments using their their I don't know if they say ADCAR or ADKAR I'll call it ADCAR model. But I I want to distinguish that the coaching that they talk about in the literature that I've seen is a directive coach approach. So it's really about you know the manager conducting a group meeting with anyone who's impacted by the change 
where they facilitate like this Q&A discussion. And then, you know, maybe, you know, the manager talks about the ad car model and all of its components. Then they meet with individuals one on one again to agree on any points of change, agree on barriers. And then the people manager will like analyze patterns and create ongoing coaching roadmaps. And, you know, in a, in a non-directive coaching environment, the, the, the coach, the manager would be entering in a topic to discuss, but it would be under a team coaching atmosphere. And, and when you're in a team coaching atmosphere, yes, you could use the ADCAR model uh, as a learning opportunity. However, typically in team coaching, you don't get together with individual team members because now you're, you're starting to address individuals one-on-one and the other members of the team don't have an opportunity to listen to what that one individual is saying. And, and it sort of goes from like a team to a one-on-one back to the team. Only the coach knows everything that's been said. They try to analyze patterns. Their bias is getting in the way. Not everybody is hearing, you know, everything. So within the International Coaching Federation, you know, team coaching is is done as a team. There's there's not a lot of individual coaching done or there shouldn't be individual coaching done on the topic that involves the team coaching topic. And and so that's why I you know, when I see literature put out by different organizations on coaching, one, they're not being clear on the type of coaching that that they're, uh, you know, encouraging. You know, they'll call it like they do call it in some of their literature, a group meeting. Well, a meeting is not coaching, right? And a group meeting is not a team meeting because a group and a team are not the same thing. A group is usually comprised of a bunch of individuals from different areas and and maybe that's maybe that's what's you know the ad car model is is saying here is that this group could be uh made up of individuals of impacted employees from any area but then they go on in their literature to talk about having individual meetings with each team member so there's a lot of confusing language it doesn't align properly it it it's just from a coach perspective, I just, it looks lazy. It looks incomplete. Uh, it looks like literature that's thrown out there to do a really good job of selling you on their model. And the one other thing that I find with a lot of change management models, uh, at least the ones the ones I've seen, is they, they don't discuss at least openly what their model is for in terms of creating change in a system and so by that uh where where i'm going is you know is 
is the Proce ADCAR model suitable for complex systems? Or is it only suitable for complicated or clear systems? I, I know that it's it probably doesn't work in a in a chaotic system, but I rely heavily on um, a framework called Kinevian. Uh, it's spelled C-Y-N-E-F-I-N. It's a Welsh word. And Kinevian is used as a way to help organizations or teams determine if they're operating in a clear, a complicated, a complex, or a chaotic environment. And it's used to help adapt operations according to situational assessment to minimize perceptual bias. Um, you know, perceptual bias, it's, it's a broad term used to describe different situations in which we perceive inaccuracies in our, in our environment. It's, it's a type of cognitive bias that occurs when we, you know, subconsciously form assumptions or draw conclusions based on our own beliefs, expectations, and emotions. And, and the main value of a framework like Canivian, it's it's not to categorize situations, but it's to apply the framework and techniques in a dynamic way, recognizing the value of different perspectives. And I understand in a lot of change management models, you know, they they encourage and they tout, you know, valuing perspectives and, and trying to collect different ideas from people. But the problem is, is that when a change manager goes ahead with a change, like they've already scripted what the change will be. And, and in a lot of ways, staff don't get a lot of the background on why the change is happening. They do later on, but they don't have any say in, you know, those initial conversations about why is this change even being discussed what is even signaling to us that that there needs to be a change and i i even have a hard time saying the word change because you know things our environments are changing all the time and and how those environments react to all of the different things that are going on in the environment they're in, it's unpredictable. And, and that's why I like the Canivian framework because it helps you first understand um, whether or not you're in a clear, complicated, or complex system. And then it gives you tools on how to thrive in that system knowing that Uncertainty is the foundation. And when uncertainty is the foundation of our work lives, or even our personal lives, but our work lives, the, the best way to innovate uh, and change and create new, uh, especially if you're dealing with a complex system, is to create these sort of rapid safe to fail experiments 
So you can sort of probe at the problem with these different experiments, sense whether they're working or not, and then respond by using the best of the best or any sort of emergent practices. Um, I, I don't think there are a lot of change management models that sort of create the environment for rapid safe to safe to fail experiments. I, I think change management is really meant for more of a environment where things are complicated or clear, where, you know, we can kind of, um, as managers decide what the change is, sort of get a sense for the issues that people uh, are, are going to have with it, analyze those, and then make a response. And, and, and those are good in complicated systems. You can develop a lot of good practices from that. But you, you still don't help people get to the point where they can adapt their operations according to their ability to, to assess a situation in a way that minimizes perceptual bias. And again, that's really the goal when we're working in complex systems, that is the goal. Because the more we can recognize people's values and beliefs and their different perspectives, the more and the better that we can be at doing that. We start to develop empathy. We start to understand why people behave. They why they the re, sorry they we start to understand better why people behave the way they do, and that allows us to be in a position to not take things personally. We can maintain opposition and objectivity which then breeds innovation. And I don't think change management models are good at creating those environments. And I also don't think they're good at helping teams and organizations test and fail to see what works. Now, maybe some change is a result of those safe to fail experiments. And, and they think that they have to you know, the results of those experiments are the change management. But if you've got a team working in a safe to fail environment, constantly probing new ideas, they're not going to need a lot of traditional change management because they're already adapting in real time on the fly. They're already being resilient. Uh, there, There's... There's no need to manage change because they are evoking change because they've enabled certain things to happen through being empowered. And that's where non-directive coaching feeds into this. Non-directive coaching is about creating an environment where it's okay for people to test and fail and make mistakes. And when they do that, whatever behavior, emotions, or, or whatever comes out of that, the team and the people around them understand what's going on. And, and it creates a rhythm of 
almost, you know, I hate to say it creates a rhythm of certainty, but you can start to be certain that you're going to fail or you're going to succeed. And, and that's where you can create teams and organizations that are more confident and, and, and better to adapt. And so, you know, again, my big problem with change management is, you know, it's typically the change has already been decided. And there's this underlying assumption that once that change is there, things will be certain. But it's not about change, it's about adaptation. And non-directive coaching, uh, in again, in my own bias, is one of the best tools for helping individuals, teams, and groups adapt in real time to anything that's going on because you create environments that are safe to fail. It allows you to sense what's going on and then you can respond based on those emergence or executive practices. Um, now, again, I'm not saying that change management practices out there are not good. They are good, but they're just good for complicated and clear systems. They're not, they're not great for complex, and they're not going to work in chaotic either. So as you go through this podcast, you'll hear me refer to you know, things that probably come up in change management practice, because again, it still does make sense. Uh, in, in change management, you, you want to listen to people. You want to discuss potential root causes for barrier points. Uh, you, you want to, you know, really uncover what's holding people back from dealing with adapting to uncertainty. But within all of that, you've got to rely on other elements within a non-directive coaching environment that help you do that and by that again I mean you know cultivating learning and growth being able to design goals and actions that support the adaptation or create an environment where adaptation works really well Again, my own bias is to rely on a non-directive coach approach. And I, I say coach approach because it does not everything has to be coaching. We can sort of weave or integrate non-directive coaching practices into a lot of, or into most, I think, leadership activities that are undertaken on a team or an organization. And so again, that's the goal of the Coaching for Complexity Framework. That's the goal of this podcast is to help teach you a little bit more about non-directive coaching, how to do it, and how it can be used to enhance project management, change management, organizational development, uh, product design, diversity and inclusion, even strategic planning. And so stay tuned for future episodes. And don't forget, if you want more information on the Coaching for Complexity Framework, the link to our non-directive coaching wiki is in the description. And as always, stay human and coach every day.